Hallelujah. God is so good to show up every time we come to worship him. And I said last time, and I'll say it again, I try to remind myself not to sing with all of your heart when you're going to have to talk afterwards. And I did it anyways. And uh, so if I keep stopping to get a drink, pardon me. Um, so tonight, uh, what the Lord kind of dropped in my heart as I was uh, studying and, and, and preparing and kind of just laying before the Lord and asking, oh God, what do you want me to say? You know, they say as you continue to do something that you'll, your, your nerves will kind of settle. Well, let me tell you, the second time you do something, it's not any different than the first. You're still just as nervous. So I was like, maybe the second time will be better. Wrong. <laughs> so um, it's true. You know, I still, I've sang, my first time singing at church, actually, this is not even on topic, but I'm just going to tell you a story. I was in fourth grade, and um, I was singing a song called Your Heart Will Always Be My Home by Rachel Lampa. And it was a fabulous song. And we used cassette tapes back in the day. I can say that now because I'm 24. Um, back in the day, we used cassette tapes. And I uh, thought, I, I had ran through the song in the morning, and I had thought I had set up the tape just right, and I was ready to sing it, and I got up there, and a little, little chubby fourth grader all ready to sing, and, and I get up there, and I realize before I even start singing, the song is in the wrong key. It's in the wrong key, and it was like a step higher. It was going to be way too crazy high for this immature little voice, and so instead of me saying, excuse me, can you put the song in the right key? I dropped the mic, and I took off down the side, and I ran out the back of the sanctuary, and I was not going to come back. I was like, I'm done with drug living water. I'm never coming back because I embarrassed myself, and, and I, can't, I can't ever show my face again around there. And uh, I couldn't drive in fourth grade, obviously, so I had no option, so my parents made me come back. Dang it. <laughs> so they made me come back, and uh, my dad came in his office. I ran out into the, when it was in the module. And I ran out there, and I was like, oh, I can never sing again. I can never do it. <laughs> and I cried, and I cried. And uh, he came out, he goes, you will sing, and you're going to sing next week, and you're not going to let the enemy come against you and, and let you live in fear. You're not going to do it. And so next thing I knew, I was up there next week, and I was singing, and it was fine. <laughs> I was trembling. But my point in saying all of that was that even when I sing still, I've been doing it for so many years, there's still a fear that comes upon me, and I think it's the fear of the Lord, like that I'm, in my heart, I'm doing this unto him, and to, to do it any other way, like a performance mode, which sometimes I have to remind myself, you're not performing, so you better get in the spirit right now. Um, so uh, I have to remind myself of that, but uh, I still have a fear, even now, singing, and it's been however many years. So I'm assuming sharing the word, that's not going to change much, but maybe some of you seasoned people can tell me. No? Oh, dang it. <laughs> oh, okay. So, no, it doesn't change. Um, great. So, you can all tremble with me here. Um, <clears throat> okay, so, but what I was saying before I got distracted with my rabbit trail of story is uh, what the Lord kind of put on my heart to share is just the purity of his word and, and how he preserves his word and he will preserve his word and he's not going to let anything come against or in between his word. He will have the pure word of God. And so because I'm supposed to use some psalms in here, uh, I found a few that go, there's a lot of psalms, you guys, that talk about the, the, 
purity of God's word, but I just want to read a few. So starting out, I have Psalms 119, 1 and 4, and then we'll jump to 9 through 12. Again, that's Psalms 119, 1 through 4. And it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. And then Psalms 119, 9 through 12. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word, God, I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statues. And I just loved those, I love, still love those scriptures. And that God would just help us to not uh, wander from his commandments. That we would be people that keep his word hidden in our hearts. And I was reading uh, this guy, I guess it's like some commentary, I suppose. But um, he says in one of his commentaries that God hasn't given man a pattern of truth. He's given them the very form of truth in the scriptures. So it's not just something that we're going to... It's the very, very form of truth is the word. And I, I, I loved that, that little commentary. And so we have to protect the purity of the word. So... When I was talking about purity of the word, let me read 1 Peter 2, 2. And it says, Like newborn babies, we should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk, that by it you may be nurtured and grow in unto completed salvation. So, I was asking my mom, I was like, Mom, I really like to have, um, I like illustrated sermons. Anne always has illustrated sermons, and I always remember them. So I was like, so just give me, is there anything like you could add to? And she goes, I have an idea. And so she shared it with me, and it totally just hit me hard. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And so the pure, undulterated milk, right? I'll pour it in a normal glass, not a Starbucks glass. So we have the pure word of God, right? And this is what we're all supposed to desire. But... When we, when we sit under or when we participate in things or we do things and, and we don't let the word change us, it becomes kind of like diluted. And at first it doesn't, looks kind of gross, but it becomes kind of dirty. And then it's not the pure word of God anymore. It's, it's corrupt. And it doesn't look very pure anymore. It actually looks quite gross. But the thing about this is that it, it kind of tastes good, you know? So we can, we can hear things or, or, or teach ourselves things even that aren't the pure word of God, and it can taste good for a time and a season, but after a while, it's not going to taste good in our mouths anymore because it's corrupt. It's not the pure, the true word of God. So I was drinking this earlier at my office. Ugh, I, I haven't drank milk since I was like two. And... <laughs> But I decided to try it. So I was grateful for that because that just kind of put a picture in my mind of how easily corruption can put impurities into the pureness of our, our lives. And we're trying to walk a pure walk. If we, if we listen to corrupt teaching or, or things that aren't godly, it just adds garbage to our, the pure milk of God. Amen? Okay. But another thing with the milk and it being so dirty is I can't, 
now take the, the, that dirt, aka chocolate, out of the milk. I can't separate any longer. But I'm so grateful for the gift that God gave us in Jesus because he gave us something that Jesus that can separate us again from that, that sin and the corruptness that, that we can walk in. And, and so thank you, Jesus, that through him we can be separated again when we repent. Um, so the, the, the word has to be pure and unadulterated from the mixtures of men. Many people want to change the word to fit their lives instead of changing their lives to look like the word. And uh, I really feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but um, we have to... We have to make adjustments in our lives, and I know Anne says this a lot when she preaches, and I always remember her messages. She's my favorite preacher. But um, uh, she says the word cuts going in, and it cuts going out, because it's two-edged sword, right? That's the Bible. And so when sometimes when we want to make the word look like us, or we want to change it to look like us, it, 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 let me rephrase that. We try to change the word to fit our lives instead of changing our lives to look like the word. Because it hurts to give up things, right? It's not fun. I spent a lot of time alone because I had, God didn't let me participate in a lot of things, but then a lot of it, too, I had to give up. And it was not easy all the time. Spending, like, 17 to about whenever I met you and became Anne's friend, uh, I spent that time alone. Luckily, I had my wonderful mom and my family to be there with me, but God really, he just... He's like, okay, you're going to walk this alone. So that's what happened, and it wasn't always fun. Anyways, 2 Corinthians 2.17. 2 Corinthians 2.17. It says, For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as from God we speak in the sight of God in Christ. And the apostle here, he was not going to change the word of God or mix his own notions with the doctrines of Christ. He was not going to add to or diminish from the word, but he was going to speak exactly what the Lord had revealed to him to speak. And that was the absolute truth from the word of God. And um, I just love that because in 2 Timothy 4.3, it says, For the time will come when a people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And itching ears is just stuff that will please me, not please God. And I was watching this speaker, I'll call him, on YouTube the other night, and it broke my heart because he has this multitude of people gathered around him, and he's teaching error, and he's saying to people, let's forget about Jesus and talk about angels. How can you preach the word and leave Jesus out? I don't understand. And then I look at these people flailing on the ground and doing many other very weird things, um, uh, and they don't know that what they're hearing is false, and, and he's teaching false doctrine, but... No matter what men do in their attempt to corrupt the word of God, he will continually preserve it. And um, he's faithful to do that. And he will do that. And I, this is when, when there's, sometimes we all have a time when we have itching ears, right? We want to hear what makes us feel good. And who doesn't, right? No. Um, but this is when you have to appreciate having people around you who speak truth and, and uh 
help you along the way on the road, right? We always had some helpers there. And um, I, I was thinking about it, and I've talked about you a lot tonight, Anne, but you are my friend, so here I go again. Um, I was, we were walking through Target once, and I was expressing, I don't really know what I was expressing, don't remember, but I was saying how I was going to have it, how I wanted it this way, and I expected life to be this way, and I, I hate when I mess up, I don't like letting people down, and I just want to do everything right. And Anne looks at me and she goes, you have pride. You have pride. That's pride. And I was like, that's not pride, not wanting to mess up. That's not pride. That's just not wanting to mess up. It's <laughs> wanting to be perfect. Oh, shoot, I have pride. <laughs> so I was like, dang it. And uh, so there's sometimes there's people that God uses in your life that also can speak truth just like the word. And as long as it lines up with the word, then we can, we can take it in and we can accept it. And that, obviously, telling someone you have pride when they do, like I did, um, is scripture because pride comes before a fall. And if I couldn't repent and go, oh, God, help me in the areas where I have pride, then uh, I, I was going to fall hard right on my face. And that's something, if I can avoid it, Lord, if I can avoid it, I would rather avoid it. And um, actually, last night, this is a whole other story, Driving home from a Bible study, and I'm praying, God, give me a humble heart. Father, help me to any pride in my life. Please, God, just get rid of it. And then I get home, and I had kind of messed up some things, and I had to, I had to uh, figure it out, and I had to call someone, and I had to apologize. And I had to say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, really, Lord? That fast? That fast you're going to make me humble myself? I was thinking at least you'd give me like two weeks to work on it. But that, like literally five minutes after I prayed, Lord, humble me. And anywhere in my life that I've had pride risen up, God just knocked me down. And five minutes later, I'm on the phone calling a friend and apologizing. And uh, that was pretty crazy. But, you know, when you ask God for something, it's his timing. You never know when you're going to get it. And uh, I got it. So... <laughs> Um, but, um, so I appreciate friends who can speak truth to me, and, uh, I know I had Becky sit down with me one time at Cup of Joy, lovely Cup of Joy. If you haven't been there, just throw this in, you should go. It's a little overpriced, not gonna lie, but it supports a good cause. It's a Christian coffee house, and he has Christian music going, he has Bible studies. On Friday nights now, he has open mic night, and go and sing some Christian music. It's awesome. But, um, she sat with me one time, and she had, like, maybe four or five papers stapled together, and she's like, this is why you have to do what I'm saying. I'm older than you, and it was all right. She goes, you have to flee this temptation. You have to lay it down. You have to get rid of it, and I'm an elder, and, and the younger learn from the older, and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you're right. Yeah, okay, and then I, I cried, and, and we cried, and she cried with me, and, and she prayed, and she broke some stuff off of me, and, and uh, I was back in December, November, whenever it was, dealing with some pride, and so I jumped back right into the situation I was in, and lo and behold, here comes Becky again. <laughs> you didn't listen to me last time. You have to lay it all down, and, and you have to give it up for real this time. Are you for real? You better just do what I say, and I did, and finally, finally, oh God, thank you, and, um, but I appreciate, I appreciate people who speak truth, and because God, he always shines light in the darkness, right? And how does he shine his light? He shines it through his word. And so when I had the opportunity to sit down with these people and, uh, and them open up the word to me, and it shined light in the darkness. And 
praise God, thank you, Lord, for delivering me and rescuing me from destruction um, through his, his vessels and my parents and everybody else who helped me through that past situation. But God's truth never changes, right? Kind of changing subjects here. God's truth, not really, but kind of. God's truth never changes. And so no matter what the world says is truth or right, what do we have to do? We have to cling to what he says regardless of how we think or regardless of how we feel. And um, we do that by hiding his word in our heart. And when we hide his word in our, in our heart, we won't forget all the promises he's made to us. And um, I think it's interesting how the world likes to change truth to make it relevant to what they want and need. But um, we as people of God, we get to be faithful to keep his word and not despise his truth. Um, you know, the scripture says in the last days, the world's going to call evil good and good evil. And um, it's really happening, but we have to be able to make a stand in the midst of all deception. And if we know his word, it's going to be easy to do that, to stand up and to be strong. Uh, if we don't know his word, if we're not spending time in fellowship with him, we can easily be swept away by any crazy wind of doctrine, and there are a lot. A lot. Um, I was feeling hesitant to share this, but I'm just going to throw it out there um, and share it. I read an article on Monday or Tuesday, and it's actually from our mayor, and it really broke my heart because in 2008, and this is the world changing truth to what they want to change it to, and I, I uh, pray that, that she maybe changes her mind again, but um, she, it was on the subject of equality in marriage, and she took a stand in 2008 and said it's between a man and a woman, and then recently she decided to run for office in Sacramento, and so she's having to please more people. And so now her mind has changed, and equality is now between whoever wants to get married. Between man and a man, woman and a woman, whatever else there is. I don't know, you know, it's crazy. But um, she's taken that stand, and um, it, it breaks my heart to see believers who are not willing to stand up for God's word truly. And um, I, think, I think she did try to cushion it and just say that it's, that uh, it's the laws of the land now, so we're going to respect that. But just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wouldn't bow their knee when they were told to, and they were thrown in the fire, but God rescued them and delivered them. And so even when uh, the laws of the land change, and they say, sorry, you can't talk about Jesus anymore. Sorry, you can't do this anymore. Sorry, Christians, you can't have this anymore. We're going to have to stand strong and face it and deal with it. And... Um, <clears throat> And it's kind of, it's really a scary thought. But in Mark 8, 38, it says, Whoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. And Father, I don't want any of us, God, for you, for you to be ashamed of when you come, Jesus. Father, I pray that we are all people who will stand strong in the midst of all chaos, God. When everything seems to be falling around, God, we will remember that you are faithful to, to follow through on your word. And you will protect your people, God. Even if it's unto death, God, we will follow you, God. No matter where you take us, Jesus. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, Father. Um, my sister Maddie was sharing a story with me. Well, not a story. I used to call my dreams. When I used to have a dream, I'd start it out, once upon a time. And uh, I'm probably making half of it up. I don't really remember if I did or not, but I knew I started them off once upon a time. But Maddie, anyways, Maddie was telling me her dream, and she said that she was had dreamt that there was a bunch of Christians, and they were being thrown into a fire, just like the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And um, she said, but they threw me in with some other people, and we didn't burn. I was like, yeah, that, that's like the same story. That's really awesome. Like, that, that's from God. I really believe that's a dream from God. And, um, but then I told her, I was like, can I ask you something? We were in the laundry room. And I was like, can I ask you something serious? And she says, sure, yeah. And I said, what if you get thrown into the fire and he's not going to pull you out? And you're going to have to, we're going to have to be burned. Or, or it, there's going to come a time when, when things get serious and we get arrested. Or we get to die for God, for Christ. What are you going to do if you're faced with that decision, really? Not in a dream, but in real life. And we both kind of stood there, and I know, because I've thought about this all the time. Um, like, what would I really do? Gosh, it's scary. I really believe that I would say, yes, I serve Jesus, so kill me. But it, it's just a scary thing to think about. Um, so that's why I just pray that, that we would never deny, deny him in front of men, because I sure don't want to be denied in front of his father in front of the Father. So, um, also another thing on people adjusting the truth to make it fit what they like or need, um, it's, that it's not a saying, it's scripture, and it's God is love, and it's completely true. God is love, and, but God is not the type of love that's going to just let us just get away with sin and just live however we want. God is love so much that he sent his son to die for us that we can turn from our ways and we can follow him. And that's the kind of love that, that the world is seeking after, and it's not the kind of love that we can just do whatever we want. I really believe that people deep down inside really do love God somewhere in there, and they just don't know it yet. And so I'm like, Lord, I always pray, God, open their eyes, Father. Reveal to them, Lord Jesus. Reveal to me, God your love, so that I can know you more, Jesus. And um, uh, Matthew seven, thirteen through 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and few find it. And uh, I know that many people say now, days, especially people my age um, and, and my generation and younger, we have this whole thing that we want to believe that you can find your own salvation, and there's multiple ways to heaven. Not true. There's one way, but it's, it's a doctrine of devils that is flying around, and it's really, really capturing a lot of young people. And the, I know the coexist stickers, all these different things that we want to say. And it's really a trap from the enemy. So people can start telling Christians how narrow-minded we are, how we don't love people, how um, we hate people because we don't want them to be happy, and um, things like that. But um, his word will stand forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. So... I found a few other scriptures today that I will share really quick. Psalms 12, 6, and 7. 
It says the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And um, so God's words will never pass away. He keeps them. He's faithful to perform them. Perform them. And um, we just, I am so grateful that he loves us so much to be so gracious to us that even, even when we can get caught up in things, he, he can show us. And he shows us gently. I really believe that there's times when it, it hurts, but he's gentle and he's patient and he's long-suffering, and I'm so grateful that he's long-suffering. Um, uh, but one of the last scriptures I have to share is from Revelation 22, 18 and 19. It says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And um, I know it's saying this book, so it's probably in regards to, I didn't really study it out, in, in regards to Revelation, but I'm believing it's for the whole word. And um, I could probably check up on that, but... I don't want to take anything away from the word. I don't want to add anything to the word that's not there. I want to share with people the pure word of God. And the unadulterated milk of the word is what I want to share with people. And um, so let's just go ahead and uh, bow our heads and close our eyes. And I just want to pray for a little bit. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, God. We worship you, Father. You are so holy, God. Father, I thank you for your pure word, God. It is sweet to my lips, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that your people, Father, are so hungry and thirsty for you, God. And your word says that when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we will be filled. So I thank you for filling us tonight, God, with good things of your pure word, Father. God, help us to be people that, that stay on that narrow road, Lord. Even when the whole world disagrees and hates us for taking a stand for Jesus, help us, God, to stay strong in the faith, God. Help us to be people completely and utterly set apart unto the Master for His work. Let us be lights that shine in a dark world. God, I ask that you would give us eyes to see, Lord, and ears to hear, Jesus, help our lives, oh God, lead people to the cross. Father, I know that in all the chaos of this world, God, you will always show yourself strong and mighty to save. Father, help us to desire more of you, God. And Father, I just cry out, we cry out tonight, Father, for those who are not saved, Lord. And Father, we ask that you would open their eyes and open their ears who do not believe and show them that there is a God who loves them. Give them an experience, God, where they are unable to deny that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, give them a hope that they have never had before. Father, just minister to them, God. I ask that you give us as a body opportunities every day, Lord, to minister to the lost. Father, that we would just stumble upon them, God, that you would put them in our path for a reason, God. Father, we will be faithful, Lord Jesus, to speak your word in truth, in purity, and in love, God. 
Holy Jesus, we worship you, God. We praise you, O oh God. We love you, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, God. You are holy. You are just. You are awesome. You are sovereign. You are pure. You are lovely. You are kind. You are gentle. You are merciful. You are gracious. You are loving and long-suffering, God. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you do not leave us or forsake us, O oh God, but you have your eyes upon your people. Father, I thank you that you set your angels round about each and every person here, God, that no plan of the enemy would even be able to come forth, God, but any fiery dart, Lord Jesus, would be blocked in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus. 